Welcome to Spotlight by Play Craig. The kick in, here it comes. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! A podcast that shines some light on amazing people in the baseball world. Deja vu all over again, as uh, Yogi Berra would say. Introducing your host and the founder of Play Crate, Josh Ben. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Spotlight, a podcast where we shed some light on people in the baseball and softball community. This could be anyone from players, coaches, entrepreneurs, and anyone who has an interesting story we can learn from. Today's guest is Eric Rico, the founder and CEO of Bat Club USA, a premium baseball and softball bat subscription service for serious baseball players. Um, I kind of butchered that at the end, but I'm going to let you kind of explain exactly what that is, because that was like a really short intro, which I did on purpose. Um, but a little story before I officially welcome you is where we're going to be doing this partnership coming up. I'm really excited about it. We have kind of overlapping businesses, and I think that our fans and customers and members are just going to love what you have. So I'm super pumped to have you on. Uh, Eric, welcome to the show. Oh, Josh, thanks. Thanks for having me, man. I, I'm really fired up about us rekindling this, this partnership. Cause like you said, our, our members definitely intersect, man. And we can bring value to Bat Club USA members to plate crate subscribers. I mean, it's just, just a natural connection, man. And, and I'm really excited to like, be partnered with, with great people that love the game, man. So really excited about that. I appreciate it. I definitely appreciate it. So I thought we'd start off with, um, like, let's hear what Bat Club USA is in your words. I want to give a little intro, but I think it, it needs a little bit more definition. And I wanted to hear it directly from you. What is Bat Club USA? Sure. So we're a subscription and membership service that is going to give any ball player, baseball, softball, access to the best equipment, best equipment out there. Uh, we know that a lot of Players are already spending a ton of money on training, traveling, um, and a bunch and equipment. And we just wanted to find a way to to make the best equipment affordable to to everyone, make it accessible to everyone. But we've expanded outside of that. So really, what we're looking to do, and our mission is to empower confident ball players that love the game, that are able to reach new heights, and are ready to leave their mark on the world. Because baseball and softball, they're awesome games that really teach you so many life lessons and we want to make that accessible to to everybody we want to empower them to do that and look part of that of loving the game is success right <laughs> like if if i do well at something right and i'm a good player like i'm gonna feel good about myself i'm gonna feel good about the game i'm going to enjoy it and then we create baseball baseball players for life right even though they may not be playing in a game like they're absolutely loving it and then taking that skill set to other parts other parts of life i mean you're a baseball player and a founder and started your own successful business i mean we've done the same i mean shoot how many presidents were baseball players right like yeah, yeah like it's it's crazy i know it's maybe in the baseball world a little cliche baseball softball players around the world man and we want to be able to to help help facilitate the love of the game that we know is going to help them past the end of their playing career. So some kids might end at 14. Some of them might be at 42, but we want to be able to help love the game so they can take those skills and use it moving forward. 
Man, I love it. I love it. And I want to, I wanted to get your history with baseball. Right. And then I want to get into like the, the nitty gritty of how you just started back club USA. Cause uh, we already did a recording for, for the podcast on your side and you kind of touched on, on your founder story. And I'm like, I can't wait to, to how'd you get into baseball? What's your, what's your playing career? So, and sorry, Josh, you went in and out there, in and out there a little bit, but my, my baseball history, we come from a baseball, baseball family. Uh, my grandfather as a teenager actually immigrated from Cuba to play with the Kansas City Monarchs in, in the Negro Leagues. He got some really cool pictures of him in the jersey with his brother and then their cousin who actually played in the majors with the Washington Senators for a little while uh, had uh, apparently my dad would always tell me the stories that the guy was gigantic could hit 800 foot home runs um but couldn't put the rest of the social stuff for lack of a better term together <laughs> so I had some other off the field issues but baseball family man um you know my dad played played throughout high school a little bit at a, at a small college um i mean second i was born had a baseball bat in my hand mm-hmm. played throughout high school um and then played collegially at cornell and was the school's first ivy league player of the year my senior year so you know my little claim to fame there, I guess. Uh, <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good claim uh, to fame, though. Know, I don't know how famous, but famous enough, maybe. Um, so after that, I was drafted by the Toronto Blue Jays. I spent four years in their organization, uh, two years as an outfielder, two years as a pitcher. One of the perks of being left-handed and throwing hard is you can kind of extend the career a little bit because, <laughs> ah, we'll try it. And uh, it was awesome. Great experience. I know you played independent ball, so – you got the similar feel as what I got in rookie ball and a ball. It, it was awesome, but every, every good thing comes to an end at some point. So I remember when I got to the end, end of my career, I'm 25 years old. I know the system and what it looks like. And just funny story for me, at least it's better to laugh than cry about it, I guess. But, <laughs> but I, I remember, I remember, okay, we've got guys coming off the DL there are two, there's at least one person that needs to go. I'm five years older than everybody and not really playing so great. I don't think they'll find me if I hide in this bathroom stall. <laughs> you know, but, but sure enough, Tom Bradley, Tom Bradley knew, hey, Rico, Kenny's looking for you. Ken Joyce, who uh, I believe is it with the West Virginia Power this year in, in the minor leagues. I forget which organization that's affiliated with, but Kenny wants to see you. Uh, <sighs> Uh, and and that was and, and that was the end that yeah that was the end of the baseball career um but i have after being away from the game a little bit was essentially able to reignite my my love for baseball um with my son starting coach pitch and then starting back club usa yeah man it's it's such a it's so crazy to hear people's release stories because the thing is like if you don't make it to the major leagues and most of the guys that made it to the major leagues have been released at some point or another. Yep. Like if you're in the big leagues, maybe not. Cause you've just always been crushing it. But I mean, if you didn't make it to the big leagues, you got released at some yep. point, you know what I mean? So I, I always remember, I mean, it's like a little off topic, but there was this one kid, he, he played in like 10 different affiliate uh, and affiliates organizations. He bounced around in indie ball. Crazy. He played in every league. And, um, and uh, I got released from the team. I like had like a neck injury and then they're like, Josh, we can't carry more released. And uh, I was like, so bummed about it, obviously. Um, and I knew I could just, you know, come back to spring training next year and 
and be fine. But he's like, Josh, he's like, that's your whole career. He's like, if I wrote a book, it would be called released. (laughs) I've been, he's like, you're going to get released one more time than teams you've been picked up by. He's like, it's just part of the respected so much. He's been on teams. He, he was like such a minor league, like vet. And he was like, if I had a book, it'd be called released. And I was like, you should come out with that book. I think it, there's some good stories in there. Always um, are. Yeah. You find that, yeah. You find the pink slip in your locker. It's, it's no good. No, um, but let's get into, let's get into like, you know, your past your your playing career, you're 25. Um, and you know, I'm sure a bunch of stuff happened like in the middle, whether you had, cause you know, back club USA was founded. What year was back club USA founded in, in 2016. In 2016. So, yep. I mean, honestly, Eric, like the first thing I noticed about you, I was like, this guy has done it something before. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you built Back Club USA like quickly, efficiently, um, and you've put together just something really cool. What did you do after after your release? What, what was your entrepreneurial background before Back Club USA? So what's, what's funny about that, Josh, is I wouldn't necessarily consider myself an entrepreneur. Uh, I, I worked <clears throat> for some major healthcare organizations down in Miami, excuse me, <clears throat> but I never would have considered myself an entrepreneur. And then I started thinking about it a little bit. And, and before Bat Club, I actually had two businesses that I had started. I had started a baseball academy and I had started another, my family was in printing and a printing related business um, <clears throat> that just didn't work out. Like they, they weren't, they weren't for me. Um, you know, the market, I wasn't able to tap into it. Like, yeah, but, but I never really thought of those as businesses. Like, just like I didn't necessarily think of back club as a business when we got it started. Like it was something else that we saw a need for on uh, something that we're passionate about, but it, and I think that's why it was so successful is that it just started with a passion, right? And back club has been so successful because it was something that, that we really loved and really found a way to push starting in my daughter's eight by eight pink room. Like that was the first back club USA office with an Ikea shelf. And I moved my two girls in with my two boys. So I got four kids in one room. So I got the back club corporate office. And <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. If you look at our Instagram, man, you, you, I've got pictures of my kids having a competition on who can carry the most bats into the post office. Yeah. I, I, like it, it was, it was a, a, an amazing, an amazing start. So, I mean, I had some, some great work experience at some great organizations that I was able to, I was able to take, uh, take those lessons and apply them, and especially like work ethic. I mean, I, it, this is really funny that you brought this up and I might be going a little long here. That's all right. Um, <laughs> I, I, when I came back, from, when I came back from baseball, I started working for enterprise rent-a-car. And if you want to ask me right away, I mean, two, two years, three, even, even, you know, like two years before I started back club, would you do it? I'd say absolutely not. It was a grind. It was hard. Uh, I'm wearing a white shirt and I'm vacuuming cars and I'm doing stuff that like, you know, at, at the time, maybe you feel like, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. I'm, I'm too good. I'm too big for this. I should be doing something else. Like, you know, you, you have that, have that mindset, especially fresh, fresh out of college. Like, Oh, what am I doing? Vacuuming, vacuuming cars. What am I doing? Going door to door, trying to sell people stuff and bring in corporate accounts and trying to sell people this, this damage waiver and stuff like that. Like that stuff is hard, man. But those were integral parts to, to running a business. And, and I learned so much from that time that I was talking to my former area manager the other day, cause he started a successful barbershop chain chain in Miami. And I was, and he said the same thing, like 
I wouldn't change it, man. It was really hard. And if you would ask me right after, I would have said, no, don't do it. No, don't do it. No, don't do it. But it was awesome. Uh, like, like what we, what we learned from that and not necessarily the in and outs of building a rental car company. It was more about what work ethic is needed to be able to build, build something successful. So I thought that was a, a big piece there. Man, I, I mean, even the way you talked about that, I mean, you're talking about enterprise. You just said we're building a rental car company. You didn't say I worked at a rental car company. That's the <laughs> big difference. I feel like but you're like, we're building a company, not, not, you have a job at a rental company, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, what I've noticed with, with play crate, with, with other people's businesses is like that there's more of a risk not doing it than there is to do it. You know what yep. I mean? Like you Absolutely. can always go back and work at, you always could have went back and worked in enterprise, but you know, now they're helping you grow this like such such a cool place, um, that definitely needs innovation. I would put you guys at the top of the category in terms of you know innovative ways to get awesome equipment that might not have been available to a lot of families before. Um, you know, baseball is it, it can be expensive, which mm-hmm. naturally excludes a certain uh, you know demographic of people. Um, and you guys, you know, make that much easier for people, which brings more people to the game of baseball. Yeah, there's more people in the game of baseball. There's more competition. People are going to get better. And um, I just think it's so important. It's not just a subscription to get something cheaper. It's it's welcoming um, so many new people. Um, but I'd love to hear about, you know, how how did you start Back Club USA? Bring us through the the story. Bring us through the pink room and 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 what that first year looked like. Uh, absolutely. So. When I I came up with the idea for Back Club USA, because I had been away from the game um, after I got released. And and with that release story, which was crazy, that my wife had quit her job, then moved up to Lansing, Michigan, and then I got released 10 days later. (laughs) That's how it was. It was was a terrible drive home from Lansing to Miami. I made sure we stopped in Disney World because I needed to make sure I could smile at the world's happiest place. Uh, (laughs) um, But so I stayed away from baseball for a while. And then my son was born. So, of course... You know, my dad's bringing the baseball bat over and we're ready to go. I mean, it's, it, it, he was swinging a bat the second he could stand and that, that type of stuff. So when I could put him into coach pitch, I mean, I go and I get him signed up at the league I played at growing up. Then I started looking for bats and I saw bats that were more expensive for coach pitch five-year-olds than bats I used in college. Mm. And I'm, and then I started thinking about myself as, as a kid who had so many awesome doors opened up because of baseball. My parents didn't have a, have a lot of money. We're a lower, lower middle-class family and we had financial troubles, but my parents sacrificed to get me the best equipment. They didn't have to sacrifice like now where you've got lessons and you've got travel and you've got all this other stuff. Like we just paid our one time a year league fees. They maybe bought me one nice bat because they could afford it at the time. And and that was it. So I started thinking about how would my life be different if my parents got priced out of baseball and softball? I mean, my, my, my younger sister was an all state, all state state champion softball player. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So, so it, it runs in our family and how would our lives be different without it where we just couldn't afford it and we would have been pushed towards something else or God knows what, what, what would have happened. So I wanted to think of a way that we could make, make the best equipment affordable for everybody. So that's where I came up with the idea for, for back club USA. I mean, you were seeing it so much in, an example like uh, smartphones, right? Mm-hmm. Cell phone companies were moving away from, oh, well, sign a contract and get it for 200 bucks. So people didn't even want to put out $200 for these things. Mm-hmm. So what you saw was a lease attached to the data plans and things like that. 
that made it more accessible. Then what happens? iPhone, Samsung go absolutely through the roof and turn a trillion dollar companies and stuff like that because their products are accessible. So we had the same same idea there. I met with my co-founder, Oscar Yarena, who through baseball, one of my best friends in the whole entire world, known each other since kindergarten. Um, it, it was a natural natural thing for me to say, that's the guy I need, need to go to. So we got our first website, we incorporated, got our first website going. The program has changed a lot over over the last years. We've learned a lot on how we can add more value and better service service our members. And now we've got members all throughout the country and and are really excited about about the direction. Dude, that's that's awesome. Um, so what was it like? I mean, what was it like in the pink room? I mean, <laughs> you have like you have four kids, so it's yeah. like you instantly start with like four laborers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I uh, I'm like that. That's great. I know who's like packing boxes and and everything, but you know what did that first year look like? Because now you know I'm looking at Back Club USA now. You guys do gloves. You have like so many different options on your site. But, you know, what was that first year? Because, I mean, people people see now, they see you now and they're like, this is such a cool business. It must have been so easy and, and just like this linear path. It's not a linear path. Never it's is. a linear path. So what, is, what did the first year look like um, in like in the pink room? What, what was like a day to day? It was it, it was rough, man, because, you know, at the time you're trying to support this business and working and working a full time job in an industry that that is pretty, pretty demanding. So. You know, we're with the organization I was working with at the time, and I was overseeing patient experience and analytics for the entire health system. And it was uh, about an hour and 15 minute drive away from my house. So I was waking up early, getting to the office early, knocking out a lot of stuff, coming back home, getting all of our Back Club USA orders fulfilled out of my daughter's 8 by 18 in my IKEA shelves. And I had my kids had a competition on who could carry the most most bats into into the post office. The ladies at the post office love them, uh, um, and and that was the first year. And then not just not just doing that, but then coaching both of my boys on on their teams. And Dwayne Wade put it best on being on team no sleep. Like we we were we were grinding every last little bit. You know, staying up late, not just getting the orders out, but strategizing, you know, what's, what's the next step? You know, do people even really want this? And what we learned very quickly is that, yeah, yeah, there was a, there was a market market for it because that's are freaking expensive, man. And there were a lot of pain points, pain points for people that were, and for our members that were able to address to add value. And that's the thing that I'm constantly looking at with this business and why I think it's, it's been successful is we're constantly trying to find a way to add value. So partnering with plate crate, right? Like us getting together again and being to add value for our members, partnering with adapt and mental skills training and Sean Larkin, uh, great there. I iron ore fitness offering that we have and that type of content, like constantly trying to figure out a way to, to drive value. So from the beginning, I mean, that, that strategizing led to a lot of, a lot of late nights for Oscar and I, and it, and it wasn't easy. There were times that we're just like, man, are we going to be able, are we going to be able to do this? Are we going to be able to fit this in? And we, it, it can't sustain us. And I can't sustain, you know, my life with four kids and pay my mortgage and all this stuff. Like, how are we going to get there? And, and it took, it took a lot, took a lot of, uh, a lot of sweat, took a lot of effort and we still got, got more to go because, you know, we've got so much, so much more to offer. Yeah. So what is it, you know, I, 
there, there's like a, there's a book called zero to one by Peter Thiel. And it's yep. basically about how, how to create something from nothing, right. Going from zero to one. And that's like mostly what people talk about is like, how do you go from zero to one? How do you create, go from $0 to a million dollars. But what's really interesting to me has always been one to two. How do you take something that you're like, this actually works and it has potential and grow it, you know, from a business standpoint, what does the one to two uh, portion of growing the business look like? So uh, what I've learned through, through this, this experience, and sometimes it drives, drives my people crazy, um, drives our team crazy because I'm constantly ready to change. Like what's, what's the next thing that we can do to add value, right? Like I don't want to stay stagnant because anybody can try to come in and fi- and figure something, something similar out. Right. So, so I'm, I'm constantly looking at what's the next step that we can do to, to add value. And we do that on a regular basis, right? It's, it's not something that we just say, well, the model's good and people are coming in. So we're just going to stick with this. And and there are some established businesses that you can do that, right? Like, like you've got your core business, you're making $50 million a year. You can hedgehog or porcupine, whatever, just put your spines up and, you know, just do what you do. Um, But being, being an early stage business, like you, you have to be willing to, to think two, three, five steps ahead and all in driving value for, for your customers. And in our case, in our case, members, like what are the things that, that we can do to, to make them feel like, yeah, that's, that's definitely, definitely worth it. You know, anybody can go to any other website or big box retailer and buy a bat at a certain amount, right? Like the manufacturers dictate that type of stuff. But, but for us, there are great partnerships and people that we know that we can leverage to continue to add value for our members. So we're constantly looking for those. Awesome. So, uh, so what's next? I mean, what's next for Backlob USA? You know, man, there are a lot of, a lot of awesome things going on. We have a big partnership that is going to be announced in about 11 days. I can't quite tell you, but a big national partnership. So really, really excited about that. We have an independent rep program that's coming on board here in the next in the next week or so too. So we'll begin that recruitment here sometime around the 15th of, of April, which is, which is really exciting because it's going to be a great opportunity to help people build businesses in baseball and softball and, and be able to just stay close, stay close to the game. So we've got some, some great things coming down the pike. I mean, a couple other things that I won't quite let you into yet, Josh, just a little too early stage, but the, the wheels are always spinning, man. Like it, there's, there's so much that baseball and softball players are doing and what the parents are spending. Like there, there are a lot of opportunities that we're trying to figure out on how we can integrate and synergize, whatever buzzword you want to use, but figure out how we can get them all together to create a very high level member experience that's available for everybody. You know, it's not something that you see that, oh, this is only for people making tons of money or, you know, the opposite side of the spectrum. Like we want it to be something that's going to be encompassing and can include everyone in, in the baseball space. So they find, find value in a membership. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I got, I have a couple short rapid fire questions, then we'll wrap it up. I want to be respectful of your time. Um, If you could give your, your 16 year old self advice, what would you say? Oh man. Um, baseball wise or life in general? 
life in general, like, or baseball wise, whatever you, wherever you want to go with it. All right. Baseball wise, I would tell myself, get your foot down earlier and pull the ball in the air. <laughs> it took me way too long to learn that. I didn't learn that until my senior year of college. And then I set the school record for home runs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so baseball wise life, life, I would, I would tell myself, continue keeping a good attitude, man, continue keeping a good attitude, stay positive. And there's, there's too many things in life that can, that can pull you down and that are trying to suck that positivity out of you. Um, yeah. So keep that positive attitude because that's going to help you so much. And you know, throughout COVID, there are a lot of things that, that happened in my life personally, that, that were tough, man, that were, that, that, that were really hard. Um, but that just thinking about that and that positive attitude and thinking about the good things that happen are really helped me power through. Awesome. Uh, what's something you've changed your mind on in the past year? Oh, um, something, something I've changed, changed my mind on. Um, actually recently, recently, uh, baseball is awesome. Softball is awesome. The whole home runner strikeout thing right now in the state of the game, it makes it a little tough, tough at times. Although I love seeing a ball hit 800 feet. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, baseball wise, I was never huge on, Oh, let's, let's pay attention to uh, launch angle and, and, and all this other stuff. And then yesterday, Rob Friedman, there pitching it on Twitter, put some guy, forget the guy's name, but it's 102 mile an hour cutter, the 102 mile an hour cutter what the heck am I supposed to do with that? Yeah. What is your, like, yeah. like you that? Am, am I really trying to swing to get to string together three hits off this guy yeah. with a 102 mile an hour cutter? Like I understand why baseball has gone to hitting, hitting a home run and not worrying about stringing this, you know, stringing together three hits because that's next to impossible. But if I have yeah. nine guys in my lineup trying to take hacks and hit the ball over the fence off this guy, there's a good chance that two of them, two of them run into something good. And then all of a sudden, bang, we've got two runs on two swings, even though we've got 15 strikeouts. Like, <laughs> so, so, so that's, that's where I've shifted a little bit. Uh, I do want to see more action in the game and stuff like that. I know they're doing testing things in the minors that a lot of the baseball purists are like freaking out about, but I'm, I'm down with that. Actually, the only one that I have a problem with is that not letting lefties pick off anymore that they're mm -hmm. testing in the minors where you got to step off because I was a serial balk move abuser. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I'm teaching that to my younger son who is a 10 year old nasty lefty pitcher. Um, so for him to lose that advantage, you know, kind of, kind of hurt, hurts a little bit. Um, so, so, so that was one, um, you know, that's one thing that I've, that I've changed on. I mean, the, the other thing that I've, that I've changed on life-wise. Um, you know what, man? We've been we've been pretty consistent, pretty consistent on on what you know. You know what? You know what? And this is straight up bat club related because I had people ask me a long time ago if, since my parents own their own business if I'd ever run my own business. Mm -hmm. And I and and I vividly remember telling somebody, no, no, I don't want to do that, man. I I like the stability of knowing that the paychecks coming coming every two weeks. Um, and here we are, right? <laughs> We've created one of the fastest growing companies in Florida and, and really, really excited about that. So I've, I've shifted, shifted on that because if you would have asked me 10 years ago, if I want to run my own business, I probably would have told you no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm glad you are. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs>
that. So if you had a, if you had a billboard uh, to reach hundreds of millions, billions of people, um, and you couldn't put anything commercial on it, so no back club USA, uh, what would your billboard say? Wow. Wow. To, to promote back club though, right? Like to try to drive business or just Eric's life advice? No. So it can't be commercial. Can't be back club. Just a message you want to get out to the world. Man, hard hitting here, Josh. Holy cow. <laughs> it's not, to like it's last... not meant to stump you. It's not, it's not this, is, this is supposed to be Eric. I got three really quick, easy questions for you. What's the meaning of life? Um, <laughs> um, be positive and hug somebody, man. You know, like that would, that would be it. Yeah. There's, there's a, like I said earlier, there's a lot of negativity trying to, trying to draw and suck our energy, man. And positivity goes a long way. A smile goes a long way. We know this out of COVID hugging your loved ones goes a long way, man. So, so I would say, say be, be positive and hug somebody. Eric, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm really, really happy. We're going to have this partnership. We're going to do a bunch of stuff. I'm really excited to introduce Back Club USA to the Play Crate, uh, to our Play Crate members and everybody. But uh, this is a blast. Thanks so much for sharing your story. Love it. Love it. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate the time, man. And I'm really excited about the, about the partnership too. You know, again, I think we, we, we mesh so well uh, and the value that, that we're delivering, like this partnership is just, just going to be awesome. So really excited about that. Thank you for listening to Spotlight by Play Crane. And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Until next time, take care.